Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, my friends? It's a snowy winter day today, but we're going to warm you up a little bit by talking about none other than national champions. Think 1984 football, 2004 men's volleyball, 2019 men's, and 2021 women's cross country. Listen, there are a lot, but this topic is, of course, on the heels of BYU women's soccer making it all the way to the national championship game on Monday, making history by going farther than any BYU women's soccer team ever has. Such an incredible feat, and I personally think the offsides penalty was actually a goal, but I digress. Joining me later in the show is CEO and CTO of Smarty Streets, Jonathan Oliver, to talk about the success of not only women's soccer, but all the women's sports on campus since his company signed an NIL deal for all BYU female athletes. So cool. But first, here with me now is the CEO and national champion, incredible, of BYU fandom, Jason Shepard. What's up, Shep? What's up, Lauren? Uh, look, I don't know if people use business cards anymore, but uh, if I had business <laughs> cards, I would put that on as my title. I I, uh, I like that. I'm going to use you that. You should. Well, when I was at BYU TV Sports, we actually got like a thousand business cards each. <laughs> and I think I maybe used two. And it was like when you go yeah. to restaurants and it's like, here, enter for a free meal. <laughs> you throw in your business card. <laughs> I, think, that I think that's all business cards are good for anymore. Because I mean, every, yeah. at this point, everybody can just send their contact information like from cell to cell. So like business cards, and I was in the same boat. I was offered the same a thousand business cards that, that you were. I chose <laughs> not to because I knew I was just not going to use it. <laughs> I mean, they were super cool. I would like place them randomly on my desk just so I could stare at them, but that's basically all they were for. All right, we're talking today about the impact a national championship or close to it can have on fandomship. Let's start with women's soccer's recent run to the national championship game. And man, what a team. The best team in BYU history. So awesome. And way cool that they get to say that. So many gifted athletes from top to bottom. Shep, you were able to cover the team this season, and BYU women's soccer, year in and year out, usually has a really great following, actually. Southfield's usually packed. But this, this year was different. From what you saw, how did their run to the top change what you saw as far as the fans go? Uh, well, number one, you're right. Uh, this has always been a program that fans have followed and have supported. And let's be honest, one of the reasons that they've supported them, not just because... You know, they're BYU fans and they want to support everybody within the athletic department, but this is a team that just year in and year out also wins. And at the end of the mm -hmm. day, that's that's what gets fans to pay attention is if you can win. And that's what this this soccer program does year in and year out. Head coach Jennifer Rockwood, I mean, built this program. I mean, there was not a program. She started it from scratch. And this year was her 27th year as the head coach of BYU women's soccer. And so she's seen everything you could see with with this program from its infancy to right now you know the the height of the program coming one win away from winning a national championship and i thought it was great that fans showed their appreciation they packed southfield uh, even for games that that weren't against great opponents. And, you know, the good thing is there weren't a ton of those because most of the teams that BYU played this year, certainly in non-conference, you know, were, were really good teams, but they showed their support all season long. 
And it just so happened that the national championship game and the final four was played in Santa Clara. Obviously there's a lot of BYU fans because there's a large LDS community in the state of California. They showed up in droves and and the championship game was essentially a home game. I mean, you're going to have, you're talking about Florida state who has to travel across the country. Obviously there's going to be some fans in the area and most of it's going to be family that are going to travel. That place was filled with BYU fans. So it was really cool to see uh, the fan support for, for this program. And, and by the way, I agree with you that offsides call was ridiculous. And here, here's my whole thinking on it, Lauren, <laughs> and you just, you can agree or disagree. If, if it's as close as it was, you let it play out. It, it's like in the NFL oh, now, yeah. you, you know, they used to blow the whistle dead regardless of the situation, but now if there's a chance that maybe it was a fumble or not a fumble, they'll at least let the play go without blowing mm-hmm. it dead so that if they do find out that they should have let the play go, they did. And so it doesn't necessarily halt the play. I, I think that that offside call, which I hate offsides to begin with, uh, I, I think they I should do. have let it play out because it was so close. I, I don't think you you blow the whistle when it's that close. Listen, I made both of my children cry because I screamed so loud when she kicked in that goal and it was all for naught, Shep. It was, <laughs> it was all for naught. I, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We could dive into that, but it made me mad to me. Honestly, in my eyes, they won the national championship. That's how it should have been. But, but from my perspective, as far as the fandom goes with women's soccer this year and their run, there are people that I did not even think cared that I heard talking about women's soccer. And we're not talking even just about like, like students. I'm talking like old men in my neighborhood or, you know, just these random people. I had a, a gal that doesn't even like uh, sports reach out to me and ask if I wanted to come to a watch party for the national championship game. And I, I think it's really cool. So that's how I, I feel like that run to the national championship. There's just something so powerful about that phrase, the national championship. And when it's a, a team in your backyard, uh, I, I just think everyone gets involved and it creates generations of fans. And I think especially for little girls right now uh, that are watching this women's soccer team. So cool. It means better recruits uh, in the future, which will bring even more fans. So I, I just think national championships are are so powerful. And you and I have had this conversation uh, similar to this before. But I think the 1984 National Championship football season led by Robbie Bosco changed BYU fandom forever. In fact, I, I saw a guy on Twitter show a picture. So I, the, you know the whole banter between University of Utah and, and BYU right now on who, uh, blah, blah, blah. Who's going to the better oh, ball I'm not, game? I'm not aware of it. Uh, tell yeah, me more yeah Shep, I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, <laughs> let me enlighten you. No, but one of the BYU fans, so, so uh, I almost said the Pac-12, Utah showed a, a picture of their conference trophy and <laughs> – and the guy, you know, whipped out a, a picture of the 1984 National Championship trophy, which it's been 37 years, Ship. And yes. the University of Utah guy pointed that out like, dude, it's been almost 40 years since that happened. But it's still that powerful. So I think even if they were runner-ups to the National Championship, I don't think Robbie Bosco would be a household name. I don't think Lavelle Edwards is seen as almost a holy figure for BYU fans. I don't think we'd hear about the year 1984 even a fraction of the much as we as much as we do now. And that's how powerful oh, we, a national championship is to a fan base. What do you think? I, I agree with you 100 yep. percent that it just changes everything when you when you win a, a, a national title. Look, I was alive 
1984, <laughs> but all of my memories of the 84 championship, I've had to go back and learn because number one, I wasn't living in the state of Utah in 1984. And I was, you know, I was eight years old. So it was a situation where, you know, I, I, all of my memories of it are going back and learning more about it. And then obviously in this job, you, it's part of BYU's history. So, you know, you take it moving forward, but, you know, I didn't live through it, but everybody knows what it is. And there's just something Mm -hmm. about it. I mean, look, look in the, in, in professional sports where guys play their entire career, but the, the one thing they're missing is the national championship. While, while it's not something that they sit and pout about the rest of their lives, but they all say, yeah, it's, it's, it's the one thing that was missing. And mm-hmm. because it's that important, it's, it's validation that you were the best at what you did. And that's what I was really hoping that this women's soccer team, they were going to get that validation because they, they deserved it this year. Everything that they went through after last year, um, they, their eye was on the prize this year and they were so close to getting it. Now, not getting it doesn't mean it wasn't a great season. It was the best season in BYU women's soccer history. I just wish for this group, they would have been able to taste that victory because I think they deserve it. Absolutely. And you know what came to mind when you were talking about people looking back on their careers and saying that's the one thing that's missing? I thought immediately of Carl Malone. <laughs> Carl yeah. Malone, he fought so hard to win the finals, the NBA finals. So much so he moved to the Lakers and it didn't work out so much for him. So uh, I feel like that's one of his biggest regrets. And so I feel like Carmelone is such a huge name. What are some of the other big names? Jimmer, Steve Young, Danny Age, Taysom, Fred Warner, now Connor Mance, honestly, is becoming a big name. So I feel like individuals can make a big impact and become household names, but teams cannot unless they have reached that highest level. Like nobody became... I mean, I I feel like people became bandwagon Utah Jazz fans those years. They were really good, but nothing beyond that. But like the Warriors, right? Because they had the Lakers. Yes. No. Sometimes that's what it takes, though. That's how some people become fans of different things. Uh, Yes. to, To your point, there are a lot of Jazz fans today who weren't Jazz fans before '97 and '98, but because of that run, they became Jazz fans and are now still Jazz fans. There True. were probably a lot of people that that weren't paying a ton of attention to BYU women's soccer, but because of the run that they went on, it piqued their interest. And not that they're bandwagon fans, but it, it's something that brought it to their attention. And once they saw it, they realized how much they liked it. And now they're fans moving forward. So sometimes it actually takes that to bring the the outliers in and again i don't mean that in a negative way because you know we're all fans of things and then not fans of other things but being able to to have something that kind of brings you in that's what can make you a fan absolutely i i actually i 100% agree with you and and you mentioned even even going to the national championship right or the nba finals or whatever it is can create those big fans even if you don't win it it's years down the road when you look back that you don't necessarily remember the teams but definitely going that far can create some some lifelong fans. So as far as BYU goes, you have men's volleyball winning the national championship in 2004 and I feel like that men's volleyball has exploded since then. Don't you think, Shep? Yeah. Since that 2004 oh, no, national yeah, championship. Yeah, there's no question team. about it. Yep. Everybody loves a winner and men's volleyball has done that. Women's volleyball uh has has done that. Women's soccer has done that and it's it is a and we've talked about this uh, on different weeks. 
it is a great time to be a BYU fan because really, regardless of the sport that you follow on campus, everybody is winning at a high level. And that's really fun. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? It really doesn't matter which sport you are the biggest fan of. They're having success right now. I really can't even think of one that's not. And obviously, shout out to men's cross country 2019 and women's this year for winning the national championship and then the individuals as well. I hear people talking about BYU track and field now, which you would never, you would never before. So I I think it's so cool. They're doing amazing things and, and winning uh, builds fandom and it builds better recruiting and it just kind of keeps going up from there. So I asked you the fans, how BYU making to the national championship or winning it affects your fandom Uh, at Johnny Collier, Collier 97, which Shep, I was a little side note here, 1997. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's when Johnny here was born. He's 25 years old. That makes okay. me feel really old. Does that make you feel really old? Born in yeah, 97. Very much so. I, there, there, <laughs> so. We work with a lot. I mean, you know this having worked here. We work with a lot of very yes. young people. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reminded uh, very quickly and often uh, how, how old I am. Anyway, Johnny, thanks for tweeting in. <laughs> you said, I love whenever BYU does well in every sport. Uh, at Nomad Coog said, I've been a fan since I was old enough to go to a game with my dad. I love all of our teams through thick and thin. Our Cougs are enjoying unprecedented success, and I'm amped for all of them. My love of BYU sports never wanes. Includes those who cover them as well. You know who you are. That was very nice. Uh, At D.D. Holdsworth. Oh, yes. Go ahead. I was just going to say, because he mentioned, you know, going back to his very first BYU experience. Do you remember your very first experience with BYU sports? Because I, I vividly remember mine. Do you remember yours? I, I I don't know if it was my first, but I have a very strong memory, which is was going to, I'm assuming they were playing an, an FCS opponent football game during the day uh, with, with a bunch of kids <laughs> in our neighborhood. And it was so much fun. And I was probably like seven years old. It was fantastic. So What was your so first moved, memory? Yeah, we moved to Utah uh, in 1989. So, so I came here right at the beginning of Detmer's BYU career. So I, I, my very first BYU anything was going to an after this back when the games were in the afternoon, every Saturday, I, my <laughs> grandma, cause, cause my grandma and grandpa were just huge BYU fans. My grandma took me to a BYU football game against air force I remember exactly where we sat. We sat kind of um, in the middle towards the top on the east side of, <laughs> of Cougar Stadium at the time. And, uh-huh. and, and from that moment on, I was hooked. I was a BYU fan from that moment on. That, that was <laughs> where my BYU fandom started um, was, was that very first BYU football game. In fact, my grandma is responsible for my BYU fandom and for my Utah Jazz fandom because both both of my very first BYU games and Jazz games, I went with my grandma. Oh, I love that. What a cool grandma. I want to be a yes. grandma like that. And I'm yeah. sure they, they were chatting your ear off since that day like, you will be a BYU fan. You will yeah, be a Utah little, Jazz little did fan. did my grandma you know, like, know that, that <laughs> taking me to that one game would completely change the course of not just my life, but my career and everything else. How about that? 
<laughs> oh, I love that story. What a, what a cool grandma. I hope she knows that. Shout out to everyone that tweeted in. Thank you so much. And Shep, you are fantastic as always, my friend. Thanks, Lauren. Always good to talk with you. Hey, you too. All right, coming up, what does CEO of Smarty Streets think of all the BYU women's team's successes since inking an NIL deal with them worth over $2 million? John Oliver up next on Cougar Tailgate. Back to Cougar Tailgate, I'm Lauren McLean. BYU women's sports are having unprecedented success this season with multiple ranked in the top 15 in the country, cross-country national championships and individual titles, and the best run in BYU women's soccer history, falling a goal short to take it all. And joining me now is the man whose company entered into an NIL deal with over 300 female student athletes, CEO and CTO of Smarty Streets, Jonathan Oliver. Thanks for taking the time during your coveted vacation, Jonathan. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate being on the show. Okay, so I'm assuming you're a BYU fan uh, since since you did this deal with the women's uh, athletes. Where did your fandom begin? I would have to say that my my wife and kids are probably more fans than I am. I'm a pretty big <laughs> fan, but uh, I'd say they're they're more uh, fans. They they really enjoy BYU sports, especially my wife. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, going to BYU football games, uh, forever and ever. And actually, I, I should say for me personally, my fandom began, pro- began when I was watching, I think BYU football with my grandfather, we would watch it on the television, uh, and then he would turn the TV volume down and turn the radio volume up. So you'd listen to the audio broadcast from KSL <laughs> or whatever it was at the time. And then just, we'd watch the game and listen to the game. And it was just awesome. So that's kind of that was my very beginnings of watching BYU sports. So cool. I know a lot of people that still do that. And obviously, things changed significantly this year for student athletes with the ability to now get paid for their name, image, and likeness. And first of all, what were your thoughts when you first heard the NCAA approved this? Well, um, if I recall correctly, I don't know that the NCAA explicitly approved it. I think they were... <laughs> I think the U.S. Supreme Court basically said, no, you can't do it the old way. Uh, You have to allow it the new way. And so, you know, for better or worse for the NCAA, they basically said, okay, yeah, it looks like we have to do this. So here's how here's kind of how we want it to look. Um, And I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great because and I I, granted, I'm not too um, previous to this. I wasn't too involved in the economics of of athletics and sports and so forth. and so, but I just think, I just think it's great where, where individuals through their efforts can receive compensation um, for, for who they are and all the work that they've put in and invested. I, I, I see nothing wrong with that. Um, so I think it's a great, it's great to allow that. Absolutely. And I love that you uh, talked about your wife and your, your daughters being big fans. So obviously you have some connection uh, there with the female athletes just because of them. But what was behind your decision to join forces with every female athlete on campus? Uh, well, so this, this, um, when the, when the built deal, well, let me back up when the NCAA, uh, ruling thing happened, I was really excited about that. I'm like, oh, I wonder how this is all going to play out. And then uh, not long thereafter, it was only a few weeks thereafter, that the Built, Built Brands 
uh, announced their deal with the football team. And I just thought that was amazing. I was like, wow, this is so great. Things are happening. And Nick Greer did a fantastic job um, uh, you know, talking about how this can help, the, help uh, each individual student athlete on the football team, including walk-ons. And I, I just loved it. I loved it. And as I was contemplating that, I had this thought which hit me, which was somebody should do that for all the female student athletes. And quite literally, the next thought that came into my mind was, you're going to be the one that does this for all the female student athletes. And then, and then I had a reaction to this thought, which was like, oh, uh, me? <laughs> well, you know, why me? Like, how could this, you know, and, and I kind of like fought with the idea for a little bit, like, you know, who am I and, and, and so forth. Because the Built Brand deal actually makes a lot of, a lot of sense uh, on the surface. It's very easy and very obvious for people to, to understand because it's, uh, they have this, this, uh, these bars as their primary um, um, product, which you right. know, is energy and so forth. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense. A hand in glove is, uh, it fits like that. Whereas my product, uh, the company I have, doesn't really have that like at first blush type of, type of uh, it doesn't really quite fit. Uh, mm -hmm. Even so, we decided, I decided, I'm like, you know what, it doesn't matter if it doesn't fit, um, we can still do this. And so we decided to move forward. I decided to move forward and, and make it happen. Well, I'm pretty sure every single BYU fan Googled Smarty Streets the second yes. that you made that deal, which yeah, is had, awesome yeah. for you. I know I did that. So have you had, had some what, really what type good of traffic from that? And we've had, right. we've had some, a lot of visibility. Uh, and that, that was part of the reason, you know, that, that was, that was Absolutely. among the reasons we did this. We we're like, you know what, there is going to be some visibility. There's going to be, and we've had quite a, quite a few uh, new customers from this and so forth. And, and uh, we're, we're optimistic that this will ultimately be a, a profitable, profitable venture. And, and, you know, that is the hope, but even at, at the same time, I've said this before, even if it isn't profitable and it was a risk, it was still worth it. And we, we, you know, we, it was the right thing to do. Well, I know a, a lot of female athletes feel very blessed by you. And so I'm, I'm so curious, I'm not sure which channels you go through, if it's Tom Hommel, the athletic director, or how that works, but when you approach BYU about your idea, what was the type of reaction that you got? Great question. Um, well, I have a, my wife and I have a bit of a, a relationship with uh, Coach Diljeet Taylor of the cross-country team uh, and, and women's track team, and, and uh, so we you know, approached her quietly and said, hey, what do you think? What does this look like? So we kicked it around a little bit, and and uh, and and then we approached uh, Tom Holmo and said, "Hey, here's what we're we're thinking." And uh, and at the end of the day, the cool part about this is, this is a a deal that I have or Smarty has with each athlete independently, and and BYU is um, they th there's certain. Um, things that they asked us to do just to follow certain uh, protocols and procedures, or, and, or let me back up. There are certain uh, bits of understanding they gave us about how to, how to do this to make sure that we were compliant. Um, so some education and so forth. But at the end of the day, this was very much an independent deal. So I didn't necessarily need the approval of the athletic department or the approval of the university. Mm -hmm. um, it was... It was just something like where we didn't need a little bit of education to make sure we do things the right way and uh, cross every T and dot every lowercase j. So that's something that I didn't really think about, that you, you literally are inking a deal with the individual athletes themselves yep. for their likeness and image. So what's that been like working with the athletes? Have you, have you had any kind of hands-on experience with that so far? 
Um, at this level, no. I mean, 300, 300 individuals. Like, right. I mean, the at Smarty, we have uh, roughly 60, 60 employees, and uh, and so that's you know it's pretty easy to manage uh, ind individually. But when you start working with three hundred, it's a slightly different ball game, uh, and <laughs> and so we have to elect. Um, I don't even know what the right word is. It's not team captains. Um, it's just individuals that we work with for groups of athletes. We say, okay. Here's one to two individuals for every 10 to 20 people. And we work with that, that one, one, one or two uh, persons individually. And then they work with the remaining 10 to 20 uh, to help us like uh, get messages out there to say, hey, please post this link on social media for us. Um, hey, we're hiring. Make sure you post this job description or job ad, whatever, on your social media. So stuff like that. So it's, I'm mean, working with 300. It's, it's a different ballgame, like I said. And, and so we're mm -hmm. still figuring it out. And, and at the same time, it's a lot of fun. Well, I feel like you picked a, a great time in BYU history, especially women's sports history to do this. Yeah. You have these incredible athletes, really wonderful teams. You have Michaela Coulihan, Shaley Gonzalez, and Paisley Harding from women's basketball who have these big personalities, huge followings. Honestly, mm -hmm. there's so much you could do with this. And the women have been extremely successful this year in almost every sport they've participated in. So from your perspective, now working with these women, what's that been like for you to watch them have so much success? Oh yeah. Well, let me, let me start out by saying, you know, the season's only halfway over. So right. we've got, uh, and, and when I, when I say that, sometimes I say that tongue in cheek, I'm like, Oh, a lot can still go wrong. Uh, but uh, no, seriously, the, <laughs> the season's only half over in the sense of the, the, the school year, the academic year is only half over and there's still a lot of sports to be played yet. And we're really excited about all the different ones that are coming up. But, but even so like just having interactions uh, I've had fairly extensive interactions with, uh, with cross country previously with soccer, um, uh, before the NIL deal. And, and so just watching the hard, hard work is like a really poor way to phrase it. Cause it's, it doesn't even begin <laughs> to scratch the surface of the effort that is put in by, by these athletes. They, I mean, I, I would put any one of them up against any member of the football team, uh, in terms of their <laughs> effort and, and diligence. I mean, let's, let's just even go with like Cougarettes, for example, not mm -hmm. quote unquote, a true student athlete by the official definition, but in every sense of the word, an, uh, an athlete, um, you know, they, when they go to these, uh, these different competitions, I mean, they'll practice for eight hours, you know, 10 hours or something like some crazy amount like that. I'm like, I can't even begin to imagine how much, uh, like, uh, physical exertion that is, you know, to just be going hard for 10 hours straight. Uh, so I put any one of them up against any member of the, you know, the men's basketball team, uh, men's football team, they are, they are true uh, athletes and just an inspiration to watch in every sense of the word. Oh, 100% agree. And, and don't get me started on the Cougarettes because I used to sideline report for, uh, for BYU TV sports. And I would forget what I was doing, like on the football field, because I'd be watching the Cougarettes just in awe. They're just, they are amazing athletes. So much fun to watch. All right. CEO and CTO of Smarty Streets, Jonathan Oliver. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Jonathan Oliver and Jason Shepard for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.